Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Welcome back to Garage Logic. The Deputy Mayor, Tom Hauser from 5 Eyewitness News, sitting in for the mayor today who has gotten a jump start on the holiday weekend, much like many of you listening to your cars right now going three miles an hour. Of 94 <laughs> or 35W. And you know what I'm not looking forward to when I go to Grandma's Marathon in a few weeks? Every year for the past two, three, four years, there's some, they're doing this construction project phase by oh, phase. So every year lane. you end up in this long conga line if you leave at the wrong time. And this year I've got to work half a day on that Friday. So it's not going to be pretty. Okay. Now, when I, my son, for the first time ever, ran the half marathon at Grandma's, mm-hmm. no prior training. He just ran it that day. Uh, that really made me mad, by the way. He, he did finish. Um, as yeah, that did, was the half marathon, right? Yeah, as did his, uh, his, uh, his girlfriend. He ran with her. But when we went home, when we left Duluth, we went a different route so we could avoid all that traffic on, what is it, 35? 35, yeah. So there's a little bypass, a couple of back roads you could take to avoid that and then pick up 35 I forget where we picked it up, but we managed to avoid it. And I, I wish I could tell you what roads they were, but yeah, I I have found some ways to get around it because it it really is a a pain, especially when you want to get up there, you want to get settled because you have to be up at extraordinarily early in the morning, right? And it's uh it's tough to do. So and you know I was trying to find the note that my uh, brother sent to me, some guy who was running the Fargo half marathon mm-hmm. at the eight mile mark. He missed the turnoff for where you loop back around <laughs> and just yesterday. do the half marathon. Yeah, and he ended up running the full <laughs> marathon. Took him like six hours. He, luckily, he was a younger guy, twenty six years old, so he didn't. Uh, he managed to get through it, but uh, right, I just, my chest would explode at. Uh, at oh, here that it was point. it was not the Fargo. It was. Uh, let's see. Yeah, it was the Fargo Marathon, but it was a runner from Detroit Lakes. So a fine Minnesota boy. How do you <laughs> if you're not training for that? Wh- where do you think the jump is? The, the jump you you run you've run marathons before Mm -hmm. where do you think you can train to and where do you think you can um uh, like push yourself to go am i making any sense i mean well you're you're training for 26 you don't run 26 miles every day no absolutely not no in fact you won't even run it at all during your training your longest run might be 20 to 22 miles you'll only do that two or three times. Otherwise, you try to just slowly build up your distance. Well, that's I guess that's what my question is. Where is the line where if you run X amount of miles, you're probably going to be able to run 26? Yeah, well, I think most able-bodied people can run 
26 miles, it's a question of how fast do you want to do it. <laughs> if Very you, slow. If you push yourself and you are in reasonable cardiovascular uh, fitness, <laughs> shaking, I'm shaking your head my over head. There. No, I'm getting claustrophobic. I'm getting. It might take uh, you six, seven, eight hours uh, to do it, but you know it's amazing what the human body can do. It's so much. I always tell people so much of marathon running is mental. It is not. It is not so much physical. If you can mentally get through the miles like this guy who once he got to the eight mile mark and he realized okay for me to double back and he goes by that time i'm practically gonna be running a marathon anyway so he just said yeah tech with it and he just ran the whole okay, thing right now i do have to tell a quick funny story when i ran the get in gear 10k about three weeks ago at minneaha falls i was coming up and i was all excited because i was only doing the 10k so 6.2 miles I come up over the the bridge the, uh, i think it was the ford bridge Coming across the Ford Bridge, and there's a guy I notice as we're coming up the ramp to the Ford Bridge, and he's like looking around, and all of a sudden he's looking at the color of everybody's bib, oh. and all of our bibs were a different color than his. Now, he had a, a reverse error. He was supposed to be running the half marathon, and all of a sudden he realized he was about to finish the 10K. Wow. And he's going, where did I miss the turn? And I said, it was about... Five miles that way. <laughs> so I told, he goes, what would be the quickest route for me to get back there? I go, well, I would double back this side of the river and then try to, I think oh, he, man. I think he finally just said to heck with it. And he just did a 10 K that day. Yeah. But yeah. He that's was, just what you do. He, he'd been training obviously to do more, but, uh, that's, that's all he managed to do. Now, as you heard Jonathan say before, this is a big weekend for a lot of people to do long training runs for grandma's marathon in a few weeks. But what we've got to remember about Memorial day, right. Brooke, Unlike Veterans Day, which is to honor all military veterans, okay. Memorial Day is about honoring those who served and died in service of their country. Whether it was overseas, whether it was in combat, whether it was stateside, if you died in service to your country. Now, in my family, we do have my uncle, Rod McGinnis, okay. who's playing, he, he was my mom's youngest brother, so it would have been my youngest uncle on my mom's side. Right. His plane went down. He was flying a reconnaissance mission off the USS Coral Sea over the South China Sea. Yep. Plane went out one day. They just never came back. Wow. Never found just a couple pieces of the plane. Never found my uncle so or his co-pilot. Or my uncle was actually a navigator. They never found him or the pilot. And uh, so he died in service of his country. So I always am mindful of, of my uncle, Rod McGinnis, who died at the tender age of 24 years old. I had another uncle who flew a number of combat missions in Vietnam. He later died of Agent Orange poisoning because he dropped, he used to fly the planes that would fly over the jungles and drop the Agent Orange to defoliate oh, the wow. jungles. Yep. Uh, so a lot of the servicemen down below ended up getting sick. So did the guys who had to fly, you know, next to right, the tankers, right. all of this stuff, back before they knew that was uh, the deal. Anyway, there was a, a friend of ours from the National yes. Guard who wants to let people know, he wants to remind people that Memorial Day is about more than picnics and baseball games and beer drinking. Right. There will be a lot of that. Yes. Let's not yeah, that goes. get that wrong. It goes with the territory. But he is urging uh, Minnesotans to remember what Memorial Day is really all about. And there's a neat way you can do that simply by driving by uh, some neighborhoods in Golden Valley. People, he is telling us, are encouraged to walk, drive, or bike through the streets of Yosemite Avenue North, Yosemite Circle, Loring Lane, Woodstock Avenue, Valleywood Circle Drive, Turner's Cross Road North, and Olson Highway Service Drive to view 225 three-by-five-foot flags that will be lining the curbs. 
in honor of our nation's fallen and the 82,349 POW MIAs still unaccounted for since World War II. I get goosebumps just reading that. That would be kind of a neat thing to that's, see, wouldn't it? That's really a neat thing to see when you come around the corner. So if you get a chance in the morning, pile the kids in the car and go, kids, we're going to take a half hour today and we're just going to look at what Memorial Day is actually all about before we go to the pool and the barbecue. Yeah, right. And, My, uh, and dad starts drinking a beer. Right. My dad uh, was from Winona, Minnesota, and his oldest brother, uh, Edward Mahalski, was a, a private. He was drafted, and he had one a, a year-old son at the time, and he made it as far as St. Lowe and, and didn't, uh, didn't come back. Oh. And then when, um, when he graduated, this kid graduated, then the mom moved away to California. When he graduated and went to get his birth certificate for college or for whatever reason, it said that his last name was Mikulski on there, and he went to his mom saying, who had remarried, saying, uh, what's with this? And she said, well, let me tell you a story about your your father. We're from, she had kind of kept that from him for that many years. And wow. it's just, uh, maybe it was just different times rather than now we celebrate all, you know, those guys. And back then, for some reason, she chose not to, to tell him. Yeah, back in those days, they didn't talk a lot. And then a lot of these veterans who would come back didn't used to talk much about their experiences. They just built the country, shut their mouths, and, you know, we're building houses and building buildings. and Absolutely. So in honor of your relatives and my relatives, my Uncle Rod, my Uncle Len, uh, who died in service of their country, that's what Memorial Day is all about. So again, those neighborhoods in Golden Valley, we might talk about this again a little bit later in the show, but yeah, essentially cool. right off that Olson uh, Highway service drive and then some of those neighborhoods back there. I think once you get in the area, you probably can't miss the flags. Right, right. But it'd be a kind of a neat thing to ride your bike through or if you're out for a it's run. It's for a bike ride or a run. No. <laughs> let's, let's take the car with the AC. Let's take the car with the AC. Okay, yeah. Why not? That's my, uh, that's what I think. All right. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Stephen Shear. This is two political analysts in one. I was trying to get either Stephen Shear or Larry Jacobs to join us today to talk about uh, some political things. And then I ended up getting Larry. Then uh, Stephen came back from a previous engagement he had. So we're going to have him join us and we're going to talk a little bit about some of the stuff going on in the state. But we want to pick his brain about Donald Trump and this North Korea summit that was off and now it might be on again. And we don't know. We'll talk about it with Stephen Shear when we come back. Reality with a bite. The Joe Shoe Show. Easy for me to say. And we're back on Garage Logic. Deputy Mayor Tom Hauser from Five Eyewitness News sitting in for the mayor today. On this sweaty, 84-degree, bit of humidity out there. And we'll uh, have Jonathan Juhas in a little bit later to talk to us about the Memorial Day forecast. I know everybody wants to know how the weather's going to be for all of their uh, various activities going on for the weekend. But right now, we are joined by Stephen Shear of Carleton College to talk a little bit about the on-again, off-again, on-again, off-again <laughs> North Korea Summit. Stephen, how are you? 
I'm fine. Yeah, as of now, it looks like it might be on. Who knew? <laughs> and then they might even, you know, move it up, and then maybe they'll do it at the beach. I mean, I don't yeah. know. They're, they seem, it seems to be pretty loosey-goosey. Yeah, well, you know, when you're dealing with North Korea, all bets are off at all times, so who knows? <laughs> now, what, what do you make of this? I mean, and, and not just the recent, we can't decide, you know, whether we're going to have the summit or not, but the whole scenario. I mean, six months ago, we were scared to death. I mean, the people in Hawaii were running for cover because they thought a North Korean missile was coming at them. That's right. And, and, and now we're trying to make yeah. peace deals with them. Yeah, well, and... Uh, Trump uh, referred to Kim Jong-un as a rocket man in the tweet. And, uh, yes. Uh, Comparing it, sizes of their nuclear buttons, which is <laughs> fraught with all kinds of double entendres. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, we know that North Korea has been an unreliable partner in any talks or agreements for decades. So the question that comes to mind is, what does the Trump administration think they can get from North Korea that would produce a reliable outcome that's good for the United States? And, you know, just based on 40 years, 50, 60 years of history, uh, it's hard to be optimistic. And you, you have to wonder what the administration is thinking, what they know that they're not telling us, perhaps, uh, that makes them confident that it would be useful to have uh, such a meeting. Yeah, it, it's and you know the the funny thing is yesterday Trump sent that kind of passive aggressive letter uh, to mm -hmm. North Korea saying that the thing was off, but hey, we really want to do this still. And then meanwhile, the North Koreans claim to be blowing up a nuclear right. test facility. You know, to me, it looked like a couple of warehouses. <laughs> I mean, that could have it could have been storing beer in there. I don't I don't know what the intelligence says about that, but. Uh, clearly, the U.S. has some doubts about what they're actually uh, destroying. But anyway, then then today, you get the North Korea leader coming back and saying, well, no, no, we, we still want to do this. And it, it seems like he's so anxious to do it that mm -hmm. it, it makes you wonder. It does. Um, uh, uh, you know, uh, any administration that has John Bolton in it as national security advisor is an administration that is not going to be optimistic about a positive outcome from North Korea. I think Pompeo's Secretary of State has a similar perspective. Uh, Mattis at defense probably as well. So uh, I, I think what all that suggests to your listeners is don't be optimistic. Yeah, and I, I think <laughs> we've learned that you know our, our own presidential administration has been mercurial, I think is a... <laughs> is an objective way to put that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I and, think that's accurate. But at least we have some checks and balances. Over oh, in North yeah. Korea, there are no checks and balances. Yeah, that's right. And uh, it's important to note that for all this bluster, Trump you know, ha is really limited by the constitutional system. And we're not on the verge of any sort of dictatorship in the United States. But um, North Korea, a very different story. Uh, one person's in charge, and who knows what's going on between his ears. Yeah, so we'll wait and see what happens on that. Now, before I let you go, I want to talk to you about the uh, upcoming political conventions. I had Larry Jacobs on last hour, mm -hmm. and he was talking about the possibility of there being no endorsements at either of the state political conventions. <laughs> Oh, well, wouldn't that make the primary season pretty active? You know, I think that's a plausible uh, speculation. Uh, it's quite possible that could occur, particularly on the Democratic side, because uh, 
all of the uh, three major candidates are probably between 30 and 40 percent in support. And I don't know how you get to 60 percent when you have such a closely contested uh, situation like that. And then on the Republican side, uh, Jeff Johnson uh, is may get endorsed, but uh, he's going to face a really difficult time in the primary with former Governor Tim Pawlenty. And and it it seems almost certain that we're going to have primaries. Well, there's no question we'll have one on the Republican side mm-hmm. because Tim Pawlenty said he's already going there. Mm-hmm. So whoever the endorsed candidate will be running at least against Pawlenty. And then on the on the Democratic side, if there is no endorsement, many of the candidates uh, have said they will abide by the endorsement. But if there is no endorsement, any of them are free to run in a primary. Right, and if you don't get a Democratic endorsement and you have a competitive Democratic primary, that is bad for Minnesota Democrats because Tim Pawlenty has name identification and a lot of money and will probably prevail in the primary, would be less competitive while Democrats are beating themselves up. Yeah, and Tim Walls has raised more money than any of the candidates, including Pawlenty. Of course, Pawlenty's only been in the race now, what, almost Mm -hmm. two months uh, and he raised a million dollars in the first month, so I'm sure he's raised quite a bit since then. But if, if if you end up with a race like that, let's say it's a Walls versus Pawlenty in a general election, that's going to be a very expensive race, as are most of the races in Minnesota, right? Right, and I mean, we're, we're facing all sorts of messaging for all sorts of important races this fall. Three uh, really tight uh, U.S. House races, two Senate races for the U.S. Senate, all statewide office holders, the state house. I mean, wow, it's coming at us. And a lot of the money hasn't started flowing yet. No. But, but people think, well, boy, maybe it's not going to happen. Uh-huh. It, it happens. In a lot of cases, they've already reserved the time. They haven't paid for it yet, so the money, it hasn't shown up in reports yet. But there's no question. There are going to be tens of millions of dollars spent by outside groups uh, as well as groups here in the state trying to influence our elections. Right. I would expect it to involve record spending, uh, Tom, you know, in the history of the state. And also there's going to be such message clutter, particularly in the last two weeks, that it could be quite confusing for voters. All right. Well, you and I are certainly going to enjoy it. But first, we're going to enjoy our Memorial Day weekend. We're going to honor uh, those who have uh, have died in service to their country and uh, and enjoy some time with family and whatnot. And then after Memorial Day, Stephen, it's really the political season starts to heat up because, as you mentioned, there is a primary August 11th, I think, yeah. right? Is that the right date? Yeah. I, I, should, I guess I should know that. I make sure I don't have the day off. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be a very active summer, no question about it. And, Stephen, we'll be talking to you on uh, the TV side here, I'm sure, in the near future. Okay, very good. Thank you. All right, Stephen Shear, kind enough to join us from another palatial estate in St. Paul. Larry Jacobs has yeah, one end staked out. You. Stephen stakes out the other end of St. Paul. There's money then, in politics. Jeez, uh, let me tell you. What the heck? <laughs> At least uh, covering it. Absolutely. We're going to take a break. Yes. And we'll be back. We will. Uh, Garage Logic will be back. We've got Bruce Vale waiting in the New Jersey cubby hole. And of course, he is with the Your Money Now report. And it comes to us courtesy of Owatonna's own. Federated Insurance. Good afternoon, Bruce. I once lived in a palatial storage bin. Um, I don't want to hear about it, do plenty, I? Plenty of room. It was, it was all right. Uh, mixed results as we head toward the close of trading today. Stocks have been kind of struggling for direction, mostly lower throughout the day. Right now, the major indexes are mixed, though. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is on pace to have a losing session. Right now, down 75 points. The NASDAQ Composite is up four. 
and the S&P 500 is down just eight points. Fiat Chrysler is recalling nearly five million vehicles in the U.S. to fix a programming flaw that could prevent drivers from canceling the cruise control to slow their cars. The automaker said drivers could lose control of vehicle speed if an unlikely series of events happens involving a short circuit in the electrical network. Fifteen different vehicle models are being recalled going back to the 2014 model year. Here's a little bit of good news if you'll be out driving this holiday weekend. There's a pretty good chance gas prices won't be going higher. Today, oil prices dropped to a more than three-week low as Saudi Arabia and Russia neared an agreement to increase production after more than a year of holding crude off the market. Oil prices dropped nearly 5% this week. I'm Bruce Vail with your Money Now on 1500 ESPN. Okay, buddy, we'll talk to you in one hour with your final report before the weekend holiday. Good luck. You got it. We want some good news, too, by the way. Work on that. All right, Bruce Vail with the Your Money Now report. There's still time. The Tomball Classic, 1500ESPN.com is our flagship website. And what do we have there? Well, we've got $10 tickets. 10 bucks for three games. Plus, learn how you can buy one of the Town Ball Classic t-shirts that came out. Very nifty today. So check it all out, 1500ESPN. I love this song. What is this? This is Traffic and Weather by Fountains of Wayne. My first job was with the Channel 6 News team down in Austin, Albert Lee, Minnesota. You never played that out and said, Man, no, I okay, should yeah. have. It probably hadn't <laughs> been written by then. <laughs> you wouldn't have had a long career anyway then. No. Joining us now, Mr. Johnny Height with the news. Thank you, Tom. Partly cloudy and 86 degrees. Uh, this update is brought to you by It's Just Lunch. Twins Mariners playing out on the West Coast tonight. Fernando Romero starts for the Twins. Tough lefty James Paxton okay. goes for Seattle. Fernando Romero? Yeah, yeah. Okay. NBA playoff basketball <laughs> tonight here on 1500 ESPN. Uh, Celtics could close out the Cavs, but they'd have to do it on the road tonight. A Cleveland win would mean there'd be a game seven. Celtics in Cleveland tonight, leading the series three games to two, and you will hear it right here at 1500 ESPN. Uh, Gophers, another win in the Big Ten baseball tournament last night. They're the number one seed, of course, in the tourney. They won't play now until 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. They will play the winner of the Michigan-Ohio State game that happens this afternoon at 4.30. And, you know, congratulations to John Anderson, the head yeah. coach of the Gophers. Has been there forever. That's great. And uh, having great success. They won the Big Ten Conference this year. And maybe one of these days, we're going to be back in the World Series. Yeah. Well, this is the year. I mean, they're a top, what, top 16, aren't they? Yeah. 15th yep. of the country right now. Yep. They might host a regional. Yeah. That so would, this would be the year. That Reavers, would be a fun trip to do. To Reavers, make down there. Reavers, you and me, to Omaha. You want to? Yeah. 99 bottles of beer on the wall, 99 <laughs> bottles of beer. You guys send me a, send me a Facebook Live. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> News notes from today. Officials say damage from the severe weather last night caused a gas leak at Burnsville school bus garage. That prompted a two-hour delay in the school district. This morning, Burnsville-Egan-Savage District 191 delayed start times two hours to allow for buses to safely return to service. The Burnsville Fire Department responded to the garage in the 3100 block of Highway 13 just after 5 this morning after a report of a gas smell. Crews confirmed a gas leak and the utility company was called to shut off the leak. Fire crews safely ventilated the building. Wyzetta police say a male they suspect tried to grab the bottom of a female's dress in the driveway of her Long Lake residence on May 16th has now been arrested. A release said the man was arrested by Golden Valley police. According to an earlier release from the department, officers responded to a call of a suspicious male on Apple Glen Road about 10.30 p.m. on Wednesday. There, a female resident said she had just gotten home and pulled her vehicle into her garage. As she got out of the vehicle, the man reportedly walked up her driveway asking for directions. While they were talking, he allegedly moved close to her, reached out, and attempted to grab the bottom of her dress. He reportedly left quickly when she began to scream. Surveillance video in the area allegedly shows the male following the female to her home in his vehicle, which was described as a smaller passenger car. A male student armed with two handguns opened fire at a suburban Indianapolis middle school this morning, wounding another student and a teacher before being taken into custody. Seventh grader Ethan Stonebreaker said it was the science teacher that prevented even more injuries by confronting the shooter, who he said pulled out a gun and opened fire while the class was taking a test. Stonebreaker said our science teacher immediately ran at him, swatted the gun out of his hand, and tackled him to the ground. If it weren't for the teacher, more of us would have been injured for sure. Wow. The attack happened. You got a brass pair, huh? Yeah. The attack happened at Noblesville West Middle School around nine this morning, according to Police Chief Kevin Jowett. He said the suspect asked to be excused from class before coming back with the guns, and investigators think he acted alone. There's no information released on the identities or conditions of the victims who were taken to hospitals in Indianapolis. Uh, moral of this story: uh, Don't take your uh, handgun into a restaurant in Oklahoma and try to shoot people. Okay, um, that's always those are always good words to live. I think by. that's on my bucket I, list. I to not true, do that. I think that's true of any state. Yeah, police have identified the man who allegedly opened fire in a restaurant yesterday, then was killed by bystanders as 28-year-old Alexander Tilgman. According to Oklahoma City Police Captain Bo Matthews, Tilgman, wearing eye and ear protection, stood in the doorway of a Louis on the Lake around 6:30 p.m. began shooting into the restaurant with a handgun. 39-year-old woman and two juvenile girls were shot and wounded, and an unnamed man fell and broke his arm while fleeing, according to police. Matthews told reporters that during the shooting, two men saw what was happening, separately went to their vehicles, retrieved their handguns, and shot the bad guy. Police identified those two men as Juan Carlos Nazario and Brian Whittle. Matthews said they stopped an incident that was very tragic. We have no idea what he was going to do when he left the restaurant. Police did not release a motive in the shooting. Captain Matthews said it doesn't look like he knew anybody in the restaurant. Wow. Star Tribune reporting Best Buy is pulling the plug on its Mall of America store. A Richfield-based retailer whose headquarters are just four miles away from the mall told store employees last night the company has decided not to renew its lease. The company also has stores in that area nearby in Richfield and Egan. Last day of business at the Mall of America store will be August 4th, the company said today. The 46,000-square-foot store on the third floor debuted at the mall in 2008 in a space formerly occupied by Sports Authority. Uh, I don't remember this, but apparently Magic Johnson was on hand to help cut the ribbon that day. When the Best Buy opens. What's that tie-in? I, I, everybody knows who Magic Johnson is. Yeah. That's all it yeah. takes for a ribbon sure. cutting. <laughs> you know, the amazing thing is, in the paper today, I saw Best Buy had a great quarter. Yeah. yeah. And then their stock tumbled. 
Yeah. It's, it's amazing how that, you know, profits go up and then everybody yeah, decides right. to take their profits out and so <laughs> right. the stock goes right. down. Right, down it goes. It's uh, being a financial analyst, you got to know what you're talking about. <laughs> Hats off I don't, to Pete Nigerian, huh? Yeah, exactly. Harvey Weinstein was arraigned today on charges of first and third degree rape and committing a criminal sexual act in the first degree seven months after women began to come forward with stories alleging sexual misconduct by the Hollywood producer. His lawyer says he will plead not guilty. The charges filed today stem from incidents with two separate women in 2013 and I 2004. It. I got it. Not, not laughing at uh, Harvey. I'm no. laughing at the door. No. Yeah. Uh, as part of the agreement between uh, the DA and the DA's office, uh, the lawyer, excuse me, and the DA's office, Weinstein's bond was set at $10 million. The 66-year-old required to wear a GPS monitoring system, only allowed to travel within New York State or Connecticut. He also had to surrender his passport. The judge also granted a temporary order of protection on behalf of an unnamed victim in the case. At least 70 women have accused wow. Weinstein of sexually assaulting them how much time will he potentially do if he's convicted on I'm this, not all 70 obviously this not. charge uh, the one of the charges today alone uh, was possible 25 years so okay he's he, and at his age that's a life that's sentence. yeah exactly but some of these cases are so old yeah they're going to be well, difficult right, yeah, but they, you never know there's there is such a preponderance of at least Right. Circumstantial evidence. Got and those stories are they're horrendous. Yes. When you oh and I heard one of the legal analysts on ABC this morning saying the key thing is conversations these women had with friends of theirs that were contemporaneous yeah. to the time that these things happened. Yeah. So that it's not just people so they can prove it's not just people trying to win money in a lawsuit. Right, right. These are people who even talked about it back then but were afraid to come forward because he was such a powerful yeah. man. So we're seeing a lot of the powerful tumble these days. Yeah. Most people only dream of winning the lottery, and a few actually see that dream come true. But something happened to one Southern California man that he never imagined in his wildest dreams. He's hit the jackpot more than once. Come on. Uh, Antulio Mazariegos of Anais, California. Stop winning. Walked into a donut shop last November, purchased, uh, purchased a scratch-off lottery ticket. He often plays the lottery, but this time was special. One of the tickets he bought was a $1 million winner. That fortune might be enough for some, but Mazariegos decided to keep trying his luck. He continued to buy scratch-offs. I couldn't imagine my luck. Right. (laughs) Last week, it paid off again. This time, Mazariegos won a whopping $5 million, just six months after the $1 million win. When he walked into California Lottery's Van Nuys District Office to claim his latest prize... They started playing. (laughs) Here he is again. Uh, he he won. He brought in not only that uh, five million dollar ticket. He had uh, some other tickets that were winners too. One worth a thousand and one worth six hundred. So he had I am just going to start million, hanging. Yeah, I'm going to hang with him. Five million sixteen hundred dollars uh, worth of ticket winners. Wow. Mazariego says he bought those tickets from a liquor store in Van Nuys. There were only three scratch off tickets left at the location. He thought, "What the heck? I'll buy them all." Against extraordinary odds, all three turned out to be winners, including the big one. So Mazariegos, now a multimillionaire, winning over $6 million in total since he first walked into the donut shop. What's the most any of you have ever won with a scratch-off lottery ticket or any lot? I think I've done maybe $20. I had a $100 scratch-off when it first started years ago. Yeah, and I think that's when mine I was. I never buy scratch-offs. Buy... I'll just buy like a, a Powerball or one mega. I only we, buy one. At Christmas, we occasionally buy some for stocking stuffers, but otherwise, oh, yeah. on a regular basis, we don't buy them. I think Reavers, I've won you ever hit a big? Uh, the most I won, I think, was like 50 bucks. 
I think yeah. something like that. Well, we got to start hanging around with <laughs> Mazariegos, Mr. Yeah. Mazariegos. Right. Yes, he's he's the guy. You done, he's, Johnny? He's the fella. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I think you've done a couple stories ago. <laughs> Let's go get Jonathan Uhas. Find out our weather is next. Hello, Shardy. You ready to party? Okay. Did you ever think common sense would be this much fun? Uh-huh. Joe Suchere. Now, I forget. I know John just mentioned this. The Twins are home, right? Or are they in Seattle? Uh, they're in Seattle. They they're play at Seattle. 9 o'clock. They play 10 That's right, because they had travel day yesterday. Correct. Uh, because if they were in town, could you imagine? That's right, because we got town ball at Target Field right. this weekend. Right. Uh, Jonathan, if they were playing baseball at Target Field, Whew. boy, that would be the... Really, the antithesis of when I was out there on April fifteenth. I think what, what day was the blizzard? Was that the fifteenth? <laughs> like the fourteenth. I stood at home plate Oof. when there was like a foot of snow on the field, and it was really cool because I just been to a game two nights earlier when Joe Mauer got his two thousandth hit, and now I'm standing at that same home plate, and there's a foot of snow on it. So that was kind of a historic moment. It, that was that April was so rotten. This is just this is you know how Mother Nature evens the score here in Minnesota, and uh, we kind of knew this was coming. I think what's kind of interesting about all of this too, and and I'm not saying this is the way it's going uh, to play out for sure, but there certainly is a very very eerie pattern to it. When you look at January 1936 through April 1936, it matches up almost identically to what we just experienced January through April. Now the significance of that is the hottest summer on record was May 1936 through September 1936, particularly the month of July when we hit um, over 100, I think it was eight times, and hit 108 there on uh, July 14th, 1936. So what I'm saying is that that cold winter pattern we had, cold spring pattern, uh, may be involving, evolving into a very, very hot summer pattern for us because we're seeing that certainly right now. And uh, we see these uh, temperatures staying well above average here through the next 10 days here for and, this area. And it's just a shame that Dave Dahl is not here because he could have told us what it was like uh, during <laughs> that sweltering know. summer of 36. Yeah, he, he could tell you 1900 or <laughs> he'd, he'd know. Hey, I can make fun of him. He's not my boss. Right. You better be careful. I just, you know what? I just worship him and I say, Dave, it's such an honor every day to work with you. I think we all do that around here yes, uh, with Dave. So uh, tell me about the forecast. Everybody is wondering what's it going to be like for, uh, you know, honoring those who have served our country this weekend and then going to barbecues and spending time with family. Uh, it seems like every day is going to be pretty good. I mean, if you like hot weather. It is. We have to get around a few uh, thund- uh, grumpy thunder bumpers here over the next few hours. So we do have some thunderstorms. If you guys remember, I was talking about once we get up around 89 degrees, that's our convective temp, our magic temp where we could see some spotty storms in the metro and we're at 86 now so we're starting to approach that and uh, there's thunderstorms actually all around us now to the northeast up around taylor's falls to the southeast around rochester and then also to the west of st cloud now so they're starting to gang up on us so between 4 p.m and 9 p.m there's a chance for spotty thunderstorms the severe weather should really stay off to our east there is a severe thunderstorm watch out as you get out into uh, western wisconsin and southeastern minnesota does not include the immediate twin cities but um, st croix county and pierce county you are in that 
watch area. So uh, heads up, Ellsworth, River Falls, Hudson, the storms may be just a little bit stronger and that side of the metro versus the rest of the metro. So um, again, 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. is the best time frame for thunderstorms here in the Twin Cities. And our temperatures here before any storms will reach 90. Now it gets all calm and quiet over the weekend. Saturday's uh, 92 with hazy sunshine, very humid. Sunday's 95 uh, with hazy sunshine, and that'll tie the record high for that day, too. And then Monday, all day haze and sunshine with a high temperature at 93. There will be some thunderstorms up north on Monday for Memorial Day. And then we could have some thunderstorms here late Monday night into Tuesday. And then Wednesday actually looks uh, like that could be a pretty significant storm day here for us with uh, stronger storms. And speaking around. of records, do you have the records for the day? Oh, I knew you were going to ask that. And I have them. Uh, today's record high is 94 in 1978. 19, 1978. Wait, 1978. Wow, okay. Okay, So, and the record low is 33 in 1901. 33 in 01 for May 25th. Seems to me a lot of these Memorial Day weekends, I remember covering some stories like out on the St. Croix River when people are freezing and there's nobody out or we've been out of Lake Minnetonka. Mm. This is like, isn't this the warmest Memorial Day weekend in like 12 years, Jonathan? It, Didn't I hear that? In, uh, in about 10 years. And uh, one thing I uh, should bring up, though, lake temperatures are only 65 to 70 degrees here right now. So remember, hypothermia will start at 70 and below. So they consider, I mean, this this comes right out of the military. They consider unsafe uh, swimming anything below 70 degrees. So if you're All right. out hopping around in the waters and stuff, just be careful because uh, they're not ready. But yes, usually Memorial Day is uh, typically rainy. And the reason that happens is because the jet stream is migrating in, and that's like the main storm track. It's migrating in late May. That's why we get all the severe weather this time of the year. And it's usually parked right over us. So it's transporting storms really fast at the end of May versus the beginning of May. So you're likely to have better weather early May versus late May. But then it gets hot. All right. Of course, in June. He is Jonathan Uhas. He will have uh, all of the day's weather on 5 Eyewitness News a little bit later. Jonathan, thanks for being here. Thanks, guys. Thanks, bud. All right, uh, we're going to take our break. We've got a, a Garage Logic 25th moment coming up, and then we also have a scramble. So stick around, there's more fun. As we wrap up Garage Logic and a Scramble Friday. The music of Count Basie and his great band. 